Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very adulting episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedisco. And I'm Mealy. And hey, Tedisco's back again. So you never know who's going to be on the other mic. Most times it'll be me on this one. But who's going to be on the mic? That's that's TBD from 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 week to week now. So um, <laughs> and we have we have with us um, Crystal Fromer Fromert Fromert Fromert. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So in America we say Fromert, but the French they say Fromer. Okay. The French um, say a lot of things. The French do say a lot of things, <laughs> and I mean, I've made all these jokes a million times, but they're they're French toast, they're fries, they're kissing, they're 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 all good. Okay. So there's one saying I could take or leave. There's 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 some negative things about the mime we don't need, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean Eiffel Tower's pretty cool. But anyway, that's not what we're here for. This is not this is not um unprofessional Frenching. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's 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 what happened that's in middle that's what not. happened in middle school at camp. You know what I mean? That was your unprofessional Man, Frenching. I'm gonna right miss there. when that joke gets cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I love the intro because I happen to work at a French international school. Oh, wow. And, and so we did I, that intentionally. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't speak French, but I work with a lot of French colleagues and French students. And uh, I am called jokingly Madame Fromage because okay, it's nice. very similar to my last name. And yes. I love cheese. So uh, Mrs. Cheese. cheese is fine with me. Jesus nice. Awesome. Cheese is awesome. Jesus. 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 So good. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Let's now talk about the cows. I mean, they give us the beef. They give us the cheese. I mean, they're, they're just. Welcome to unprofessional yeah. dairy cows. God bless yeah. the cows. They're wonderful. Okay. Um, so we like to start off every episode by kind of getting like a foundation of who you are and and, and, and stuff like that. And you can, you can weave your bio into this if it, if it, if it makes sense. But um, what does education and being an educator uh, mean to you? That's a great question because uh, I teach, uh, as I mentioned, I'm in a French international school in Houston, and uh, I teach seventh and eighth grade this year, math. Mm -hmm. And in fact, some of my seventh graders, um, I think they were trying to kill time in class, but they asked me this really deep question. They said, why did you become a teacher? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, here we go. Get ready. Right. I'm going to answer this. Mm -hmm. um, and I told them, I said, to, to boil it down simply is that you know, right now we're learning how to graph, graph quadratic functions and it's not mm. terribly exciting, but it's complicated. And I said, by, you know, 7.30 this morning, none of you knew how to do this, but by the end of the period, you all knew how to do this. And that's pretty amazing for mm -hmm. me as an educator to take somebody from point A to point B, no matter what, what their point A and point B is. So you they, showed them how to type into Desmos? Is that what you did? <laughs> You definitely use Desmos for sure. But <laughs> sure. they didn't know how to type it in before. Exactly. They, they, did did not know it. they didn't even know what a parabola was before. So no. I just love that I can take somebody from point A to point B and, and give them that personal growth and that mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment. And it, it, it means a lot to me to see them grow. Amen. 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 I, oh uh, I wish I saw that more in my class. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll get there someday. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that's what I, I think. I mean, every day I say that that, that somebody learns something in your class, then then that then then that's a, then that's a win, right? Yeah, and I learned that Mister Tedisco is something in his teeth. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> awesome that's awesome that's did you show them how you can use then you show them how a three by five card can be used as a um, toothpick then <laughs> that'd be something you could teach them. no because they're all too scared to tell me yes uh, and then they so could all have like paper cuts on their gums it would be just right good stuff 
All right, all right. So, uh, Crystal, I, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> Because I'm just naturally inquisitive. Uh, yes. So uh, I'm outnumbered with you two teaching math because I'm an English teacher here. Uh, but you're at a French international school in Houston. I That's know. Crazy. How does that sentence why, start? How? And, yeah, that, yeah. how does that work? Like, like, what do you mean yeah. by French? What is that? Define that for me because I'm a okay. simple man. Okay. We are the largest international school in North America mm -hmm. uh, and wow. the largest independent school in Houston, actually. Uh, Houston has a, a lot of employees in the medical industry and a lot of employees in the oil and gas industry. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of families who work in both of those fields. Um, we have like Schlumberger oil, uh, Shell oil. So we bring in some Dutch families. And so we just have a lot of international families here. Huh. And um, if you are a French national or a Canadian or, you know, it, it's a French speaking country and you come to Houston for your work then we offer a program that you can stay with the French education system and you can even earn a French high school diploma oh. if you are planning to return back to your home country um, after. We also offer, uh, you know, the, the Texas American diploma, but we have an IB diploma that goes with that as well for the international side of the school. Okay. That's cool. Okay. It now, cool. all right. So now I, I have a whole bunch of more questions. All right. So... <laughs> In your class, you must have like lots of, of cultures mixing and blending then. Right. Um, are there any like times where you've had like different cultural norms that you were like ready for or didn't know how to, to handle or address? Oh, sure. I've had faux pas, you know, where I've... I've... Which Ooh, is also French. French. Yes. Right? See? <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Ah, getting smarter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And our students also make faux pas and then we educate them on... on mm -hmm you know, cultural competency of, you know, let's be careful about what you say, because that does just because that's something that you value in your culture doesn't mean it's something that is valued in other cultures. Um, so there's a lot of conversation. Um, there's a lot of mistakes that are being made. But that's what, you know, being a student is all about is making mistakes and learning from them. Um, I think it really all came uh, to light when the World Cup was playing during the school year. Yeah. Uh, that's never <laughs> happened before. Yes. Um, and that was, I, that was a sight to be seen. It was amazing. Um, just the passion and the tears and the yelling and the screaming and all of that happened during the school day. And the phone yes. confiscations when they're trying to watch the game in the middle of class. Yeah. Well, actually, we didn't. I was going to say, if France, go. if France is playing, you got to like, just it's got to be on, right? We let it go. We let yeah. it go. Uh, I, wow. I saw a group of kids hovering around a phone at lunch. Um and I walked up. I said, hey, guys, you know, you're not supposed to have your phone at lunch. And they said, oh, it's penalty kicks. And I said, oh, OK, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Right. You don't want to get head butted over that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's penalty kicks. I mean, yes. of course, you're going to watch that. Um, <laughs> and in case you don't know, listeners, and to just, I don't know if you know or not, France did not win. No, no. they didn't. No. They did not. No. It was a, the finals was fantastic. <laughs> Yes. You have Argentinian students? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I have, a, I have a student who's who's um, one parent's Argentinian and one, one parent is Dutch. And that poor kid was torn on one of those games. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, either way, they win, though. Like, yes. yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a World Cup half full kind of guy. OK. Nice. Nice. I like that. Nice. Yes. Nice. I didn't know that I'm was kind week. of. I didn't know that kind of guy. That was a kind of guy that existed to this. <laughs> yes. 
kind of guy are you? I love that. And I love your approach to that too. Like, I love that, that what you said was like, there's faux pas and we just tell them about cultural competency. Like you didn't say they act wrong because it's not a matter of right and wrong. It's just a matter of like different, like cultural norms and values. Right. Right. And teaching them about that. And, and and I'm not an expert and I'm very clear with them that I'm not an expert, but I ask them, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, tell me more about like we have some students who, you know, teach me I, I'm, I'm not Muslim, but I have students who are and they teach me a lot about their faith and their customs. And I love it. I'm like, I I'm sorry that I don't understand all of it, but I would love for you to tell me more about it, especially when Ramadan is coming around and mm-hmm. um so we learn from each other. It's a beautiful place. When they all come in looking hungry and angry, <laughs> now you know. I know. We have, a, we have a, a room at school where they can go during lunch um, and just kind of just be be mindful. Um, so it's a space where you're away from the lunch room and away mm-hmm. from that yeah. uh, during Ramadan. So we, we try to provide space for everyone to feel like they belong. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Amen. And that kind of leads into, I don't know, something that, that, that I want to talk about. Like, so, um, by the way, listeners, um, our, our, our new friend here is very prolific when it comes to the, you don't think of math people as um, being like super literate, but she has written a whole tons of Edutopia articles. She's written a book. She's written this and that and the other thing. And so she's got, a, and so I was kind of like, just kind of scanning through um, some of the stuff. And I think that kind of like a, theme that like kind of we've already kind of been close to and that i think that kind of a thread that runs through a lot of your stuff is that um not everything is very binary like you know just saying they're not they're not necessarily right or wrong they're learning that things aren't necessarily like good or bad there's not let's say this this custom or that custom needs to be the the, the correct one so what are some things that um you think other educators or that you know people that are outside education that think about education believe to be binary. It's either this or it's that, that you think are more nuanced that are on like a spectrum or something like that. So, so, so hit some of those topics that, that, that you think um, fall into that category and kind of go down those rabbit trails. Okay. I, so I'm thinking about, you know, there's been from a, from a math teacher perspective, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about all the debates that I have been a part of or experienced over the last couple of decades. And, you know, one of those being calculator or no calculator, mm-hmm. homework, no homework, grade versus no grade. And it it's never going to end. And there's always going to be those debates where it's, you know, it's either A or it's B. Um, but I've found, I guess, with, with the wisdom I've gained over the last couple of decades and still gaining wisdom, that it's not as easy as calculator, no calculator. It's not mm-hmm. as easy as homework, no homework, right? Um, in fact, I just wrote an Edutopia article about the debate of direct instruction versus inquiry learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as simple as saying 100% direct instruction and 100% in- inquiry learning. It's that's not it's not that simple. It's not that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to Edutopia and check that out. But I, <laughs> I just talk about why why uh, we as educators need to have a, a nice balance of, mm-hmm. of all of these sides of the debate. Um, I used to, when I was a, a baby teacher, so what I call myself when I was 22, um, you know, I was very, I thought I had to be strict. I had to demand that you did your homework and that you brought your supplies and I didn't give any wiggle room. Um, but I have grown, in my opinion, I've, I see it as growing. I've grown so much um, as a teacher and just letting go of some of those strict norms that I had and actually seeing the kids for who they are and not seeing a, a zero versus a hundred on a homework, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, 
just a little shout out to our I don't are you familiar with the um the debate math guys do you know do you know them I don't know no so they're, they're another podcast they were, they were they were guests um on here I speaking of quadratics I was on an episode um and I took the the um the the anti quadratic um stance where we debated whether or not quadratics should be part of like high school curriculum or or not and uh, one of the things that that like that's tied to that is um, they said they purposefully made their logo gray because they found as they've had so many of these debates, you know, I mean, they have had the homework, no homework bait, the rote memorization versus versus, you know, not rote memorization or whatever. Um, and found it that so many times that, 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 that it is that it is gray. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, um, oh, there's, I don't, I don't, there's a 50 shades of gray joke in here somewhere to discuss. I don't know where I'm, I, I don't know how I'm going to get to it. Thank but, goodness. We're too classy to make it. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but when I think of that, I think that there's your gray, what happens in your classroom might be a little different shade of the gray than mine. You might, you might, you know, lean more towards, you know, direct instruction. So you want to like be really heavy on direct instruction with a little bit of inquiry based, or you might like, you know, 50 50 inquiry based or you might like a lot of inquiry based with a few things that you do direct instruction and it might even be inside of inside of a lesson where part of the lesson is inquiry based and then it's direct instruction as as well and i think that um as we grow as educators that's that should really be something that you that you that you learn how to do and go okay you know this this is what's going to work for me this is going to work for this class this is going to work for this topic you know there's cer certain things you know, I, I remember when I first got introduced to inquiry-based instructions and someone said to me, you know, the, with the quadratics, like, how is someone going to find the quadratic formula? Like, like someone had to derive, <laughs> derive the quadratic formula like a long time ago and it took some smart mathematicians like they were sitting in a tower somewhere for years. How would I think that like a bunch of like um, middle school or high school kids that I'm going to get them to like discover the, 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 the quadratic formula, you know? And also he didn't quite understand like all the clues that you can leave and in, right. inquiry based instruction, right. but also was the fact that like, yeah, sometimes right, you're kids, like, today you're Pythagoras. <laughs> yes. You know, but sometimes it's like, okay, if I, how can I show you some things and then have you go, have you look for the pattern and look for this, look for this before I, you know, but then there's times where you're like, you know what guys, it's, it's just going to be, mm -hmm. Opposite of B plus or minus all over opposite of B all all over two A rather, um, but and then and then we then we're gonna figure out how to how to how to plug these things in and sometimes it's got it's got to be like that so I think that that's definitely definitely um, the case right yep right yeah and it depends on the day even mm -hmm. you know like I and it's that's not easy that is not easy and it takes nuance and it takes being light on your toes mm -hmm. you know. With uh, like, I, I heard the best advice ever about lesson planning from Steve Barkley. And he said, plan, 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 but don't do what you planned. There you go. There I you love go. it because I, I plan what I'm going to do, but I am ready to pivot as needed. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. heard it as the more you plan, the luckier you get. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 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 But I have, and I, I have mixed feelings even about this, that, I, that I've said this before. I've been at the front of the classroom and go, you know, I could do like an inquiry based lesson. Or I could, we could, we could do like a discovery type thing. And sometimes it is, I mean, a, a legit deadline. I hate stupid deadlines, but like, I'm like, but I want you guys to like, know this before, like, you know, <laughs> Friday. <laughs> and so like, I, I'm just, 
I'm just going to show you how, 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 how it's done. You know what I mean? And then we'll kind of talk about it. You know what I mean? Have some conversations, but like, I, I just, you know, don't want to like, um, spend so much time on this topic to, to, to do that. Yeah. And then you know, I'm like, here's well, let me show you, how, you know, here's an example. I'm going to do the, I do, we do, you do. Yeah. That's another one that on debate math, they, they debate the, I do, we do, you do. Right. You know what I mean? And I actually had a conversation with Tedisco um, earlier this week. I do, we do, you do isn't necessarily the way, like one set thing. The, 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 the I do and the we do and the you do can all be back and forth and the we do can look different and it can be, you know, a, a, you know, not quite we do. It's, you know, it's, you know, how much of the we is the kids and how much of the we is me and all those kinds, all call those kinds of things as you're helping them, helping them learn. So, right. yeah. Right. And that's why I'm a fan of Peter Lillardall's book, um, Building Thinking Classrooms, because mm -hmm. I have the kids, you know, at the whiteboards as much as I, I can. And I am able to differentiate with each small group or even each individual kid as, mm -hmm. as needed. And I can say, well, this kid needs a little more, you know, heavy hand on the direct yeah. instruction right mm -hmm. now. This group does not. Right. So it, it, it changes all the time, depending on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I've been using the, the, um, the basketball analogy a lot. And like some kids, they, we need to put them right by the basket and you're just shooting the layup. And some kids, we can stick them a little further out. Okay. You're going to, you're, you're going to shoot here. You know, when the kid's making the layups five for five, okay, take a step or two back. And then, and we're going to, I'm going to, I'll make it a little more difficult for you, but I want it. I want the goal. The goal is as many kids having um, success as, um, as possible, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. Just, you know, push them as much as you can push them. You can, you mm -hmm. can. And then I'm anti, of course, uh, my argument. Well, I'm just rambly today to this guy. Um, what do you the, mean um, today? I know the whole like <laughs> the whole high expectations. And I'm like, you know, this th these kids can't make layups. But you know what? If we put them in half court and expect them to make it, then they will. You know it what will. I mean? Exactly. Just expect them. I'm going to I if I just tell the teacher that these are all great half court shooters, that kids who can't shoot half court will all of a sudden be able to make them. Absolutely. Neely, have you tried rigor? I know I have tried rigor. I have tried rigor. I know. I know. And for some That's kids, you can make every student Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. No, no. Rigor <laughs> truly is just like. You know, being able to hold the basketball is 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 rigor for 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 some kids. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So I'm um, I'm listening to these conversations, and and what what grades do you teach, Crystal? Uh, this year is seven and eight. Okay. Yeah. So I I teach seventh. Mealy teaches twelve. Yes. Okay. Um. And so a lot of times, like we'll, we'll be having conversations about like you know classroom strategies and stuff. I'm like right, right, right. But I'm still trying to teach my kids how to be people. Mm -hmm. uh like i have to stop class a lot for like hey someone stole this kid's phone because they thought it was funny like which is something a lot of 12th grade classes just don't have to deal with so like no, if i'm struggling know. if i'm feeling overwhelmed right uh and, and i want to find a way to kind of like love my job love those creative learning experiences how how would you suggest that that i do that because you're you're still in that middle school classroom so you know yeah yeah. I mean, I, I do have kids that will steal each other's phone because it's hilarious to them. Or, yes. gosh, we have this problem where kids will hide each other's backpacks. And mm -hmm. like, that's so funny. I don't I don't know why that's so funny to them. But it's, it's really funny if you don't have empathy in your brain. <laughs> yes. like, if your brain hasn't developed oh. proper empathy yet. I you might find that hilarious. It's, yeah, they still in, in eighth grade. Some of them still think that's funny. But 
Um, you know, I, I don't have a perfect answer. I don't always, you know, have a solution to that. I, I try the best I can every day. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one conversations. I'm also a grade level coordinator. So I, I am In sent- case you get bored. <laughs> get yes. Right. I am sent these issues for right. graders. Um, so, you know, the eighth grader who yells out something inappropriate because his brain is the frontal lobe is not quite developed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I won't repeat what he said, but this kid was just yelling this out in the hall. And so I, I grabbed him a lunch and I said, Hey, let's, let's take a walk for a minute. So he and I just kind of walked around the outside of cafeteria. And I said, do you even know what that means? And he said, no, I have no idea what that means. I said, but yeah, you just yelled it out <laughs> over and over. Yeah, I did. And I said, let me just tell you, because you know, I'm pretty frank with them. And I said, let me just tell you what that means. And his eyes were like, holy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what that means? And I said, yeah, that's what that means. Do you think that the people around you wanted to hear you yelling it over and over? No, I don't, you know? And so, you know, he made a mistake. He did get a consequence. He had to, he had to sit into detention during his free period and uh, reflect on why you shouldn't yell out things you don't know what they mean. <laughs> it's part of the education. And is that kid going to be a perfect, you know, student for the rest of the school year? Absolutely not. But it's just one little step up the ladder that we can make with those kids to, you know, help them to be better humans. And I find when, yeah, you handle it in a way that builds a relationship mm-hmm. that, I mean, yeah, it it helps them up that ladder too, right? Right. I a lot of uh, issues in my classroom started to fix themselves when ever a kid misbehaved. The first thing I did is I'd send them out in the hallway, and then I'd start by asking them, "How'd you sleep last night? And did you have breakfast?" Mm-hmm. And I found when I started there, then I could learn a whole lot more about their mindset mm-hmm. before, like, I got into, "Here's what you did wrong." Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Just check on your your well being. The you know, Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of just needs. Are you, are you tired? Are you hungry? Um, mm-hmm. I, I used to be a, a administrator for a short time until I realized I missed the classroom too much, but we had a fifth grader who refused to get out of the car, just refused. She would not get out of the car at carpool. And I knew that she didn't have breakfast because that's kind of the thing I knew about her. And so I went up to the car and I said, I have some blueberry Nutrigrains in my office would you like to have one right now? And she's like, yes. And jumped out of the car. Oh. <laughs> and so, And it just took a Nutrigrain bar. But, you know, I got, I did get a little bit of negative feedback about, you know, from the parents. I mean, I'm sorry, not the parent, but the, the other teachers, they said, oh, so you just reward her bad behavior with a delicious Nutrigrain bar. And that wasn't it, right? Like oh. I, the point, I wasn't rewarding her behavior. She just really needed something to eat. Um, right. she's not going to be successful at school if she doesn't get out of the car. So I had to yeah. at least get that going. Right? Yeah. Kids can't learn when they're hungry and tired. Yes. Right. Yes. Like when yeah. I see a kid, like, I mean, like what, if it's every time... day a kid sleeps in my classroom, like I'll call home and address it. But if a kid comes in one day and they just got to put their head down, I let them sleep. Yeah. That seems more valuable to me in that moment. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, next time you just grab the kid by the ankle, you know, Ear. Drag him across and yell and yell at the other kids. This is what happens to kids that don't get out of the car. Okay. <laughs> See how that's it. Nah, try on that. Uh, now nah, you won't do it anyway. Um, oh, yes. Humiliation and making examples of children. Uh, staples of middle school education in America. I mean, it's worked for years, but, right. um, but, um, so funny because <laughs> like 
I think you probably know this, but I'm I'm essentially a seventh grader. Um, and I mean, it's it's nice to have a, a humorous classroom where, you know, the kids can laugh at themselves. We can laugh at each other mm-hmm. because if it's super dry, it's really boring. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if I was some... your school, I'd be like, I would like the whole rest of the year. I'd be like, hey, remember when France lost the World Cup? <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Mealy. Oh. I would miss you. Yes. You would, you would throw croissants at me. <laughs> I would. At least they're All not right. baguettes. Those things okay. hurt. So we've, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, okay? And you talked about the strict thing or whatever. But what are some other teaching philosophies or some practices that you held dear? Like when you first came out and you were a baby teacher, as you said, you go, okay, this is how it's done. This is what we do. That, um, that you no longer... Um, do those things that you've made like a, like a 180 or you've found a way to like um, do something very different from those things. And I think a lot of that centers now around grading and how mm-hmm. I feel about grades. And and um, just to be straight with you, I feel like grades are harmful. They're, they're biased. They're arbitrary. There's so mm-hmm. many yes. negative adjectives I have for grading. Um, and it teaches kids that they're not here to learn. They're here to earn a number. Mm-hmm. Right, or a letter on a report card. So I work. Really I don't give hard. you a grade. You earn it. Right. <laughs> I worked really hard. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> exactly. It's just in. Okay. I didn't, I didn't give you this stigma. It. You earned this stigma. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I, I, I'm, the kids are not quite there with me, right, on that journey. And so, um, because I teach um, a couple of sections of seventh graders who take algebra and they're, they're really advanced kids and they're Mm -hmm. really uptight. They Mm -hmm. um, are, I would even label them, many of them as grades obsessed um, because that's, they've been told you are good because of your grades and you are mm-hmm. good because of your math achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really work hard to undo that with that group of kids because they are just little seventh graders deep down. Um, and they are learning some pretty advanced math ahead of their peers. Yeah. Um, but they're there to have fun and they're there to learn. And um, I think by, you know, now we're almost in April that they don't really talk about grades much in my classroom anymore because they know I'm not going to engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe a lot in the, the uh, rough draft idea of math. Yeah, I love that. that. I love yeah, that. Like, let's try this. Oh, we messed up. That's okay. We got some things. So assessment assessment is to inform you on what to do next. Exactly. So say, well, this is the end. Sorry, you didn't know it. No, no. I, I might, I sound like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I might take your temperature. I might, I might r- run some stuff. But then now we know that this is what the issue is. Now we can take some antibiotics. Now we can change our 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 habits that, that that will be healthier that that that'll, that'll lead this so that and then we go that we go forward yeah what like, if we you know. just guilt them for being unwell and tell them it's their fault <laughs> and my job's not but, to fix you yeah yeah that's true that's I love true. That. not that any middle school teacher would ever do that <laughs> i'm going to steal that from you i'm going to tell you. them it's like a temperature check yeah um, that it will help me determine what, what's going to happen next with our learning, right? Do we need right. to just rest? Do we need to take Tylenol? Like what, you know, what's next? Yeah. Um, and then and if you are running a one one fever today, it doesn't mean tomorrow you will be. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what I mean, is, some what, days we're a hot mess. That's true. <laughs> uh, literally. Yes. So, 
So what, how, because we've done a couple ungrading episodes and I'm like a huge like ungrading guy and I'm trying to, you know, we've talked about how the fact that it, it doesn't necessarily look the same for every person that's doing it. Um, so what are your like actual grading practices? Share some practical things that you do around around that that have made you, that you allows you to work within or around the, the, um, the system? Because I'm going to guess that the international school expects something to be put into the, yeah. um, the grade book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have to work within that system. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to report grades and we're required to have three major grades per term. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, I have to keep the same percentages as the other teachers who teach the same courses right. as I do. Um, but I work really hard to lobby for um, you no know, homework grades. Mm -hmm. So we've actually adjusted that over the years. Our school, our school gives teachers a lot of autonomy and a lot of voice. Right. Um, and we agreed kind of as a department, loosely agreed that we're not going to take grades on homework. Mm -hmm. We're still going to assign it. We're still going to expect it, but it's not going to be a grade. Okay. Um, and I have found kids still do it. Right. Kids still do the homework and they don't copy it from each other like they were before. Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, if you don't do it, you don't do it, but if you did it great, you got more practice. Mm -hmm. That's how I treat the, the homework conversation in my class. Um, but I find that they do it and if they don't do it, then that's a data piece I can share with, with their parents. You know, I can say, you know, we had a quiz and then, you know, Joey didn't do so great. And, you know, I, I don't think he's practicing because I've noticed he hasn't been doing the homework I'm assigning. And that's really all it takes for, as far as the feedback. And then Joey's parents will say, Hey, Joey, maybe do the homework. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say the homework conversation is a, it's a great one to start with. Um, uh, there's other modifications you can make such as like, um, I give you a freebie on a quiz every term. So mm -hmm. I say, you know, everyone has bad days. Everyone has a high temperature sometimes. Right. Uh, so to steal your, your analogy there, but, uh, the lowest quiz grade automatically is dropped in my class. Mm -hmm. And that has relieved so much anxiety amongst my kids. Yeah. They're like, well, this one's going to be dropped today. Like they don't cry. They don't, you know, they're just like, that's it. That's it's today's Everyone the day. Everyone gets a mulligan. Yeah, exactly. We all need one. They get a mulligan. Yes. Um, and so I, I build that in. Um, the tests are still very high stakes. Um, we don't really have a, a redo policy. Um, and they're still average. I'm not quite comfortable with all of that, but I'm compromising with the system that I'm, that I'm in. Yeah. Do do you let them use any any notes or things during tests? You know, I'm not really big on note taking because um, I'm sorry, the twelfth grade teacher probably doesn't like to hear that. No, but, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, grade, I, am, I I fight that battle. Like, are we gonna take notes? I'm like, I mean, and I've I, they don't know what to write. We're gonna this out, but I have a co-teacher who's like super into like all that. Oh, they they need more notes. They need more notes. I'm like, no, they just need to understand how to do it. I mean, I don't think you know. So go ahead. So what are we gonna say? Yeah, I mean, they just need practice, I think, in my class. Practice, mm -hmm. understanding, application, um, and the building thinking classrooms approach is they take notes after they have done their practice. They take mm -hmm. notes to to remind their future selves of what they might forget. Yeah, yeah. That's how I phrase it, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we, we – and the older kids are a little more mature with that. Uh, seventh graders are still kind of learning that. So I'm not huge on the note-taking um, because it doesn't work for every, I'm not a big note taker myself. I don't right. really take a lot of notes when yeah. I go places like conferences, but, um, so no, what I do allow though, is a calculator. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's funny is they don't use it much, mm -hmm. you know, like they have the numworks calculator. I'm, I'm team numworks, not team TI. Okay. And, I don't know. What the, I have no idea what the numworks oh, calculator is. 
Oh my gosh. You're but I hate, but I hate TI, even though you are in Texas, just because <laughs> they have taken like some 1970s software and sold it for a hundred to $150 for like um, 30 years. And like basically just held schools hostage, but like Desmos has, has set us free. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you still want a handheld, then I definitely recommend to the listeners to look up NumWorks. It's okay. cheaper and they're far better and you can update them. So they're not static bricks mm -hmm. of plastic yeah. old software. But um, so I love the NumWorks, but they're allowed to use them, but they don't. Um, okay. I don't know why. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a security blanket that they'll have it on their desk, but they're, they're fine with just, okay. you know, I, so it's, I do allow you think a little that's indicative of maybe the cultures that are coming from um focus on math um on the math facts like a little heavier and do they come in really strong with their multiplication tables and and all their other math facts they do they're pretty strong with the math facts um okay. especially kids who have been kind of you know high achievers in math throughout mm -hmm. their elementary years they're, they're pretty mm -hmm. strong with that but if i'm asking questions like describe how the value of a will transform the, the parabola calculator will not help you with that. Right. right. So it's all about the questions that are asked too. that sometimes it's just not going to help to have a calculator, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but they have it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have debates with other teachers in, in my grade level. I just, I don't preparing them for the new century. We need to change school. So like when we get vocab questions, they're like, oh, we don't let our kids look up the vocab words. I'm like, why? Like what what scenario will you ever be in where you come across a word and you can't look it up anymore? Right. right. Like that's not no longer a skill uh, like that anyone needs. Um, so I, I let them whenever they come up to me like, I don't know about this. I'm like, yeah, look it up. Like you can Google whatever you want. You're not going to get 100 on the test. Right. Right. right? I, I'm saying I but I'd, it gives you all the tools you currently have access to. And let's start there and move forward and see what you still need. Right. I, yeah. I'm truly, oh, I shouldn't be shocked, but like, like I've, I've allowed like, you know, and really started during COVID when I knew when I knew that, that COVID really, um, or the, the lockdown cause COVID's not over. Okay. I keep trying to say that. So I'm trying to say, nope. I'll try to say the lockdown. The COVID's not over. Someone caught it just now. But anyway, hopefully it's not you. But anyway, um, so, <laughs> but during the lockdown, I realized that my ability to um, inhibit their access to Google is, is, was none. And then so why, and, and kids still struggle to learn concepts and, 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 and skills. So now I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you can, you can, you can Google all all you want you know what i mean like you said if you create the questions well enough and if, and if you are like checking like a deeper understanding then then it's 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 going to be fine and the goal is learning so if i learn how to do it by like googling it whether it's the vocab or like which one is b in in the um opposite of b of the quadratic formula then then i'm learning so that's so, so that's fine you know, um, I've shared this before on the thing. I'll, um, and and, and um, if you want me to share some of my my stuff with you, so one of the things that I've that I've done now over the past um, three or four years is every kid's test is different, mm. so um, I put empty boxes um, in where numbers would go, and the kids can put random numbers in the boxes. 
Interesting. And then they do, then they do the, then they do the problem. And what that means is that I don't care if you're looking at your neighbor's paper now, because their answer isn't going to be the same as yours. And if you can learn the process by looking at their paper, then that's, then that's fine. Then that's fine by me as long, as long as the, um, the numbers are different. Now, obviously certain things you have to like tweak it because like I haven't, I don't teach factoring and I know factoring, you need to have like, you know, nice, pretty things to, 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 to go right. along. Right? right. But, but, but a lot of things, you know what I mean? When you would do the quadratic formula, you can put a whole bunch of different numbers and then add, and ask them to, to, um, to do that or whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah. It but like it may there to grade that. <laughs> so it's, that's what everyone says. And, and it, feels that way but i don't care about answers okay. so therefore like when i when I'm, I'm teaching trig right i don't need to know what 17 cos of 84 is i need to see that you've put 17 cos of 84 and that the number isn't a thousand or negative four <laughs> so i know that you i know you've got it that you put it in right that you've got right. 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 You've got that. You've got it in degree mode. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're not in degree mode, I know you'll be some, you know, if you don't know what degree mode is, don't worry about it. But it, it's inches versus centimeters. for Let's you. Let's hope NumWorks does that better than Texas Instruments. Yeah, yeah it's probably. Right. <laughs> but but anyway, so so I don't I don't care about the, the actual like I, I, I like I trust that you can put it in the in the in the calculator. Right. You know, I, I have a niche question for you, Crystal. Yeah. So. Do you find post COVID, like we're having this struggle at my school, I'm wondering uh, how prominent it is. Uh, post COVID, do you have a lot of struggles with kids trying to do all the math in their heads and not practicing writing it down? Um, yes, yes. And, and I try to counter that with, you know, I want to give you as much credit as possible. Yep. So if you miss multiply three times four, you know, I'm going to be really lenient on that because that's a really minor thing, but I need to know where you got the three yes, times. Right? 100%. Um, so I encourage them, like, if you want to earn as many points, which I hate even saying earn points, but right. say it, um, if you want to earn as many points as, as possible, please show me your thinking so I can give you credit for what you do know. Right. And that's countered some of that, keeping it in your noggin. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need to know, like, you know, is this your true temperature or did like, you know I mean? Did you leave or the were you sprinting at the time? Right. Or did you leave the thermometer out in the sun? Right. You know what I mean? Or like, I guess a scale, I hate getting you know, like waiting, but like, was the scale zeroed out before you, or you stood on it? You know what I mean? And so I, I need to know what, what this, this number's wrong, but I don't have no idea why this number's number's wrong. You know what I mean? That's a thermometer. Oh my goodness. This boy's temperature is 72 degrees. <laughs> yes. Ah, you don't know how to use a thermometer. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's what we found out. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, so have, have we, have we hit the book much? Have we haven't hit the book very much? Not right? at all. Let, let's so guys, Crystal's written a book. Okay. Um, Give us the give us the elevator pitch in the book, and then Tedisco and I will ask you ridiculous questions about it. Okay, right. that's good. So, um, in about I guess about two and a half years ago, I wrote an article for Edutopia as my first one. It was about reaching out to parents, and I wrote it I think because I was in lockdown and teaching on Zoom and uh, feeling quite distant from families and kids. Um, and it, a lot of the focus of that article was, you know, writing positive things to parents or calling them with positive things and building mm -hmm. that relationship or investing in that checking account of, you know, of, of relationships. And um, that turned into uh, a conversation with a publishing company called Road to Awesome. 
and uh, they are publishing my very first book called Parents Isn't Your Calling. Um, and it's it's a, it's filled with a lot of stories um, that I've learned from other educators and some stories that I've experienced myself of mistakes I've made, things I've learned, tricks of the trade, little nuggets of advice of, you know, what, how do you develop those relationships with parents and what happens when your boundaries are crossed or things get a little bit tense or tough. Um, so it's a very short guide. Um, I highly recommend it for anyone who's new to teaching. I wrote it with my baby teacher self in mind um, because that 22-year-old needed this book mm-hmm. back then. Um, so I highly recommend it. Or if you're a teacher who's been doing this a long time, but you're still scared to pick up the phone, <laughs> which is very understandable, um, then this is a great book for you just to to help with. I even offer like sentence stems, like how to start a conversation on the phone oh, when you are really hoping that voicemail picks up, right? Yes. <laughs> I also really like sending text messages. Yes, I use Google yeah. Voice all the time. Google well, Voice. I, I've yeah. also found that text messages are just a lot more helpful, too, for my uh, my students who don't speak English at home. Yes. Yeah. It's easier to translate that than a, a voicemail, obviously. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And email has a place. Phone calls have a place. You know, if it's bad news, I don't I don't think a text or an email is necessarily going to be yeah. the best delivery yeah. method or mm-hmm. if it's sensitive in nature. So I talk about all of those things, parent yeah. conferences, how to make those more successful, how to make parent night less nerve wracking, those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. And so I can say sometimes my texts are like, when would be a good time that we can actually talk? You know what I mean? As opposed to making the, the, the phone call cold and they don't know who it is, you know, Hey, you know, what, how can we work, how can we work together to help um, so-and-so be successful in my class? It like might be the text and like, can we, can we talk about this on the phone? And, and, yeah. Uh, and but I, you do, that. do you text from your personal phone or you have an app? I use Google Voice. I use okay. Google Voice. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never give out my personal phone. Okay. Hey, All right. No. Yeah. I have. I have. And I've I've gotten burned like once or twice, but but most times it as I know people who are like, oh my goodness, this parent. I'm like, yeah, I just ghost them for a little bit. You know what I mean? I just right. I, I It'll be all, it'll be all right, you know. What I mean, I, if they if they're texting me like daily, then I reply like every three to four days. And then they, then they, then they, they generally stop texting me daily. Yeah. yeah. That's actually in the book too. That whole, that whole strategy of don't write back right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Playing whack-a-mole. It just keeps coming. Yeah. It, it also took me a long time to realize that it's not just like me failing. Parents are also really bad at communicating and building relationships. Yes. Yes. Whether they're the helicopter parents or whether they're the neglectful parents, it's always uh, there's a struggle and it's not all our fault. No, 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 absolutely not. And uh, they're nervous, too. Parents are mm-hmm. nervous. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of them have like particularly like struggling students of parents who struggled at school, like the school's calling and they are like reliving, you know, their yeah. teenage and, and um, um, trauma, like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? Like when they, or then they, when they walk into the school and they have to go into that principal's office about their kid, they are like freaking out themselves, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Whoever, whatever architect des- uh, designs principal's offices, like they must have like death star plans in mind. Like there's something about just the aura of that room. Oh my That's just so intimidating. Oh my goodness. He, he, he went like full, whatever. Um, my seventh grade assistant principal, like I went, I got into his office, like I think two or three times. Right. He had, um, a whip, a paddle, like chains. Like it was like 
he's like put, he sounds like, like the trunchbull from yeah, Matilda. Speaking of, speaking of Fifty Shades of Grey, like he <laughs> like had like a like an S and M like like he, you know what what like the early um eighties wherever you would get these things from the S and M catalog, he had them all over his um his walls when 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 you walked in there and. He he acted like it was like a like a joke. Like ah, you know this. Everyone thinks you know it's so scary to come in here. So I figured I'd just put up scary things. And I'm like, okay, I guess so. Right. I'll take that's that. approach, you know, right? You're sitting there like by yourself, like because you're in there by yourself before he comes in there. You're like, like staring at the paddle and everything. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea. You probably, probably no. <laughs> then again, what decade was that? This this was this is this is like early 80s okay so this yeah this is i graduated yeah. 87 this is middle school so something like 81 82 83 so mr nathanson <laughs> shout out to you if you're still around okay. <laughs> stupid guy always made me taken off uh, i was a huge speaking of houston i was a houston oilers fan i wore my houston oilers hat all the time in school take off your hat like, well, why do i take off my hat I said take off your hat okay you're in the building you can't wear your hat I'm like oh why is that a thing i don't understand what, what does my hat and being inside the building have to do with anything like i don't i don't understand the correlation between inside and outside rules. of my hat like i like the hat i'm not wearing it to protect me from birds or the rain like i just like it it's 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 like you know anyway yeah, yeah. so it's and it, it the, those rules still persist i still don't get it yes and it's it's just an endless fight oh you gotta take off your hood why like in today's society like yeah. how many jobs could you go wear a hood at and be fine? Like yeah. how many jobs these days are, and, and in the next 20 years are going to be all online and you can do them in your pajamas? Like yes. really? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All I right. So guys, there's going to be a link um, in the show notes for the, for the book and you, you want to get a hold of that. And we like to end with um, funny stories. So just funny anecdotes. I know we've had, a, we've had a quite a few already today, but what's like one of your go-to, you know, cocktail party or just meeting someone, they want to hear something funny from the classroom um, anecdotes. Oh gosh, I have so many, <laughs> so many, because I teach middle school. There's yes. always something super goofy going on. Always. Um, I'll tell you a story that just cracked up the entire class last week. It happened last week. Nice. Um, we have, we have, cause we're a pre-K to 12 school. So we have uh, high schoolers, you know, with our littlest and um, we have a program where some really high flyers in high school can be tutors. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, a tutoring session set up with some, some juniors um, to help some of my eighth graders who were struggling with the current unit and one of the high school girls is you would, you know, consider outwardly attractive, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And um, and inwardly, she's also inwardly beautiful as well. Yes. Uh, but one of my eighth graders could not, a boy, he could not handle himself at all. Like he yeah. was, couldn't speak. Smitten. He was, <laughs> he was, and, uh, I and get she, that. Yes. And it was, it was difficult for him. And I never, I'm not an eighth grade boy, so I didn't relate. I was yes. just like, what is his problem? Right. Um, so she says at the end, I hope I helped you with this. And he's like, no, not really. And so, oh my goodness, <laughs> he's already learned negging. Good for him. <laughs> so she leaves and she's so sad. Like she's uh -huh. really sad. She dedicated Aww. so much time to helping mm -hmm kid and then he, she leaves and I said hey man what it was so rude what's your problem you know because I, I talked to him very directly right. what's that about it's just that she makes me so nervous <laughs> and I was like oh and it all and the entire class 
was crying, laughing, rolling on the ground mm-hmm. because they all knew what was going on, but I didn't, she didn't. Right. Oh. And, <laughs> Yes. I can't tell her. You know, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. I can't. Tell her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. No. We're, we're, we're huge with teenage tutors these days. So that, that's going to be a thing. But yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know, hilarious. It, it, it is. I'm I mean, so it, bad it, for him, you know. Yeah. But, you know, like, well, maybe he'll learn how to, you know, um, be calm around pretty girls. I've got, you know, and, 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 yeah. and all of that so well, his dad, will, will she, will she be coming will she be returning no uh no she she can work with another group but um, <laughs> his dad said i mean i'm pretty close with his dad and and i he said send your tall lanky pimply kid to help my son in the future you know? nice <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, that's, that's, I could, I could bring in. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's 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 good stuff. No, I, I, it's outstanding. I, I, I've, I've been that seventh grade boy, so I I, I, I just want to say so. So, so I do I do I do empathize. With yeah. You. Yes. Alrighty. Well, guys. That, first of all, thank you again, Crystal, for for, for 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 coming. We appreciate you. People hit all the links in the show notes. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. And, okay. And wait, uh, one last time. What's the title of the book? When calling parents, is it your calling? Excellent. Love it. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, and here's 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 the thing. So, um, if if you know um, a, a lovely um teen tutor um one of the things that that, that you can do is um have her sh- to her two t's go oh i like the boys that listen to unprofessional development <laughs> and then you'll get us some more listeners okay or, or if you're if you're an attractive person you know what i mean and someone and i know, am go on i know and someone's someone's trying to like you know hit on you at the at the coffee shop or the bar go and, and you know what are your turn-ons unprofessional development <laughs> podcast listeners that's what my great pickup line exactly right. you know people who read um when when calling people isn't your calling um so <laughs> all right we love you um, unprofessionals who are, who are listening but please do tell somebody else about the podcast one way or the other and as we always say at the end stay unprofessional <laughs>